Welcome, guys. Nice to see you again. We're here with our discussions with Dr. Gabriel Cousins. And in the U.S. today, this is a holiday. It's called Martin Luther King Day in honor of a man who talked about brother and sisterhood and not being not evaluating each other on the basis of things like race and irrelevant factors, but looking into the quality of the character. And at the same time as we focus on that and celebrate unity and our connectedness to each other, the world rulers move in their mind toward total global destruction with the mind control that goes with that. And the question comes up, how do you put those things together and how do you respond in a constructive manner, and we're going to talk to Dr. Cousins about that today. So, welcome, Dr. Cousins, Dancing oh, Doctor. Nice to see you again. Yes, thank you, Richard. Well, welcome, everybody. I welcome you all with love, and maybe I'm going to just do a little prayer to start it off, which is merging of the heart and mind. Uh, it's something we always do before we even do the program, but... <clears throat> I think it would be good. So here it is. Amen. So it's a merging of the heart and mind, the spiritual heart and mind becoming one. Okay, so that's that's what we're doing. Hold on just one second. Okay, there we go. So we always like to start with uh, spiritual joy and dancing is a great way to start with spiritual joy. So I encourage everyone to dance along with me. Uh, we'll go for about three minutes and we'll meditate for a few minutes and then we'll get into a discussion. And here we go. And when we sit to meditate, just focus on my eyes because there's a, a subtle term called interinclusion where the energy comes through and can help activate your spiritual energy um, at whatever level, uh, activate it or further enhance it. So here we go.
and now into meditation.
Slowly come out of meditation. And now we'll focus on the main topic. And what's become obvious to me is I work with people all over the world, mostly Europe, U.S., Israel, Brazil, and a variety of other places. Uh, that in general, there's kind of this fear getting to it's, it's, it's like it, for many people, it's in the background, but it's there. A existential fear around survival, around existence. And it kind of permeates. I can say there's Maybe a little bit more here in Israel, but really, when I do programs here and there, it's really in Europe as well. And clearly in the U.S., it's, there's, there's, there, there is this, what's going on? What can I do? And that's what was, that's really the topic we're speaking on. So what can you do? Well, once you get over the idea of the illusion of how feeling powerless because okay, it's an illusion. We really got to understand that. Uh, you have the power internally to quiet your mind and transcend your mind. In fact, this is a gift to be transcending our minds to a higher plane, where we don't fall into this anxiety and fear. Actually, so we may say, "Well, but fear is necessary." Well, is it really? So, should you be afraid crossing the street? No, but you should pay attention. You want to look both ways where cars are coming, but you don't have to be afraid. This is the point I'm really kind of focusing on. I said we don't want to get into fear, which is contraction, contract your soul, contract your consciousness and it limits you and it makes you feel helpless so step one in this process is the internal fear and anxiety of, of kind of existential existence the soul from the spiritual point of view is eternal there's no death for the soul and once you kind of get that understanding, it, it does change the picture. So partly through meditation and through spiritual awareness, we begin to understand that our soul and we are eternal in that way. That helps. And we let go of fear about the physical body. Doesn't mean we don't take care of it. Doesn't mean we don't want to. You know, we want to be able to stay out of the way of imminent dangers. But fear contracts our ability to really be part of life and be really um, expanded in consciousness and, and in spiritual joy. 
when you're in fear, it's a little harder to dance. But dancing can pull you out of fear. And that's a good thing, right? So this is the, the very first thing. What can I do? Okay. Uh, begin to dissolve your issues with fear. Begin to confront them and say, well, look, I'm not helpless. I can work on myself and clear my mind and decrease my anxiety and fear. And look at the sources of, of my fear and clear them. So that's one level. Um, I do a lot of work with that with this process they call the zero point, but that's, it's, you could really do it. Okay. Now, part two is what can I do in the outer world? Because it's good to translate the inner, you know, uh, our actions into something that actually, again, affirms that we're not helpless and we really can't help on every level, whether we go to a school board and don't go along with the kind of nonsense some of these school boards tend to get stuck in, uh, whether it's at work or whether just in general at life, contributing to the expansion of consciousness of the community, whatever level, school or just in your own home, in your relationship. It's like increasing the amount of love and the amount of peace. It's uh, today is Martin Luther King Day. Um, and, you know, the great teaching everybody remembers is what counts is the quality of a person's character. I was actually living in Central Harlem when he got assassinated. You know, and I was like, well, that was really a big deal. You know, first, when Malcolm X got assassinated, that was one problem. But when Martin Luther King got assassinated, it, it turned Harlem upside down. It was extremely intense. People were really upset. Well, why? What was he doing that made him so? Because he was touching people's hearts. He is a symbol of goodness. I mean, there are lots of things. I mean, I'm kind of know a little bit on the inside of things, but on the outside of things, where it matters, like we're talking, he was inspiration for all of humanity. He was uh, a sign of spiritual strength that really illuminated the situation uh, uh, for everyone, not just black people, for everyone. He was a symbol of higher consciousness and, uh, and dedication. Okay, so that's what we're talking about. Is it for us to be like Martin Luther King as a symbol of quality of character that's uplifting to the whole world, that's uplifting to everyone around us, that's uplifting to our families, that's uh, uplifting to our individual relationships, it's uplifting to our kids, uplifting to our grandchildren. That's what we're talking about. You know, uh, how do we how do we translate that? And that's 
part of the work uh, uh, of getting people to understand uh, the, the depths. That's why it's so beautiful to be talking about the King Day. Um, because he really did his heroism and his love of humanity touch people's hearts. Okay? And that was uh, the, the most important thing. So that's our that's the outer world. So you know, we have this chaos. We have this confusion. Well, was there more chaos and confusion now than in the 1960s? Maybe there is because there's more fear of an existential disaster. But then again, we had the Cuban Missile Crisis with Russia. That got people going. That was in the 60s, 1962 or something like that. So it's constantly happening. Well, we had World War II. I mean, those are all crises. Now we have the all the different types of nuclear weapons, and that makes it harder uh, to make it work right because um, the game they're playing with Ukraine and Russia, it's like, and Poland, they can really trip things over into a war or with the Houthis and, you know, missiles hitting, you know, missiles hitting U.S.-type ships and, you know, lots of things like that. It's like we could trip this over into a nuclear holocaust. So there is room for that existential fear. Now, our job is to carry vibration that decreases the fear, that decreases the anxiety. And that's one of the things we do is a world peace meditation on every Sunday night. And the website is World Peace Meditation. But the point, there we go, thank you. It's at 6, really, for the first time, at 6.20, the meditation starts at 6.30, but there's a little introduction for people there for the first time. And it's great. We know we, uh, last night we had more people than we've ever had in the meditation. And that creates a thought form for peace. That actually gives something very positive to do because our minds can create a thought form for peace. And we go. Right there, perfect. Our minds can create a a thought form for peace that can change, literally change the consciousness of the planet. Example, in Rhode Island, people brought, uh, meditators came in, and when they came in, and they meditate for a few months, the rate of violent crime decreased, okay, decreased by 43%. Okay? People thought that was a fluke. Well, the next year they came back and did, again, more meditating. The violent crime decreased by 49%. Now, nothing comes even close to that in terms of results. So we really have the power to make it happen. That's the point of making. We are helpless. We can be helpful. 
and be very proactive in changing and upgrading the consciousness of the planet. So I'm going to include Richard in this if Richard wants to make some comments as we go into discussion. Yeah, it's a really important point that you're making, Dr. Cousins, because people do feel very helpless. And you were talking in the beginning, I think, about uh, not worrying about death because the soul is eternal, which I agree. And, And I think people don't fully grasp what that means. You know, they think of the soul as an organ like your liver or your kidney or something. And what about the rest of me? You know, and they, what they don't really comprehend is that it, the semantics is one thing, but it means you. You are not mortal, even though that sounds blasphemous and unacceptable and egotistical and everything. It's true. And uh, there are many people, just like you've mentioned, the documentation of the effect of meditation has been shown to affect the physical world in a positive way. There are many people now that have documented that they have uh, gone through the process of death, either as what's called a near-death experience or completely through it and come back in another form and remembered everything and documented that from physical evidence. It's true. So death is not the issue. Death is not, for the people that remember it, death is not a bad thing at all to go through. But life, what they call life here, when you get wrapped up in a physical form, that's the hard part. And we're in the middle of that now. So it's normal to react, you know, and thinking that we have to be afraid. It's well justified. But the point that we forget is that emotion is voluntary. And if something bad happens around you, it's assumed that you have to feel a certain way in response to that reactive And that's usually some form of fear. And that's completely not based on anything except what we're told. We can react to things like we think. And you mentioned that there's documents of violent crime going down in response to meditation. I sent you a video, which you probably haven't had time to look at, uh, that we went over in Planetary Healing Club. And it's another one of those clues showing the same thing, but this time in Israel. And it was really well done. But there's a lot of that kind of evidence that not only at official meditation times, but all the, all the time, that what we carry around in our emotions is affecting everybody else in real time. And it just supports what you're saying. Really important right now. Yeah, I mean, in, 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 uh, in 1973, there's been over 300 studies have shown that when people meditate and pray, but mostly meditate, there is a drop in time. You know, they did one other classical study, they did uh, 22 different cities, 11 cities where 1% was meditating and 11 cities where they weren't, and the difference in the crime rate was 16%. 16% less crime in cities where people were meditating. Right. And right now, the the criminals that we have to affect in that way are the high-level ones. And it, it's not a good time for a 16% drop. It's a time for a complete reversal. And that's, that's well, well within possibility. Yeah. And, and we have to do it. 
if this is something we really can do, that's the good news about it. We really can make this happen. Yeah. And, and like you said, it doesn't mean not to look both ways when you cross the street. It, it doesn't mean not to do everything you can on a physical level. And people have been talking to us about, oh, it doesn't matter who gets in political office and all that's a distraction. That's not true. On the physical level, it really matters a lot. You yes. know, if you get somebody coming into office who believes in peace and sovereignty and freedom and honesty about the medical system and so many other things, it makes a huge difference. But these levels are tied together. So if we take the challenge of positive focused emotion and meditation and prayer and carrying that around and becoming aware of where, where our thoughts are all the time, then, and we do that in a good way, we're going to see the emergence of candidates for physical office that are going to be different. They reflect each other. Some of that's already happening a little bit. Yeah, that's true. Well, we don't really talk politics that way, so I'm not mentioning names or anything, but uh, yeah. the fact is, it's shifting because it's really not, uh, it's, it's really very uncomfortable situation and people are looking for like we need to change it at every level yeah inside as well as outside wasn't it Gandhi that was quoted as saying be the change that you want to see in the world yes Yes, and that that can be done on a deep level it doesn't mean just going out and marching no it's I I, one of my uh, spiritual teachers uh, from India actually studied and worked and marched with Gandhi. In fact, he got injured by the British. So always had a, a limp, a kind of sword injury. Ooh, um, but that, that this inspiration to wake up that Gandhi created, so powerful that the British, they couldn't cope with it. It was beyond their understanding. But they were let's say, humane enough not to get, you know, to, to be able to respond to it and, and leave India. So, you know, I want to honor the British for that too, although, but they stood up. So I, I have kind of a first-hand uh, description from a variety of people who actually participated with Gandhi. And it was a, a, a greater collective mindset that he created. Right. That way. And what you're saying is everybody's got the same power that yes. Gandhi has. You don't have to be doing it on a political public scale. Yeah. What, I mean, what, what you carry around inside is where the power is. Yeah. But, you know, he obviously did it on that level, but he also did yeah. it on the inner level as well. His role was both levels. Yeah. And in a way, that's where all our roles need to be at some level. Yeah. That's the point I'm making. Right. Uh, because on the outer level, we're influencing everybody that we're interacting with. Exactly. So it, it was good to hear from people who actually marched, literally marched with Gandhi. That's another generation. <laughs> you know, because... Uh, a generation older than me. Right. 
my teachers say to do. It's so different than the attitude of just kill the bad guys. You know, Gandhi wasn't saying start killing British. He was, and neither was Martin Luther King doing that in America. They took a totally different approach. And, and right now, with the technology and the weapon systems that are available, and the fact that the banks are generally funding both sides of every conflict. And just in the media behind it, revving up the animosity between the opposing sides. There has to be a complete change in paradigm. Because it it doesn't work by everybody trying to kill the bad guys. Yeah, particularly your definition of bad guys depends on what side you're on. That's right. All of us are bad guys, according to somebody. Right. So... That's why we meditate. That's why we you know, try to eat well to keep a clear mind. That's why we try to do good things in society. Um, and yoga we call Dharma Yoga, which is doing the right thing, the right action. And that's what's needed to. And that's what these people did. And they're okay, you know. Uh, and Gandhi, they did the right thing at the right time. That's what we have to do. Yeah. In fact, it's worth saying something about that. Another couple of minutes, if you want, on Dharma Yoga, because most people that know something about yoga think it's stretching. And they're they're familiar with the physical part. And they don't realize that yoga has a broader meaning. <laughs> yeah. They, they can practice it right now. So we're going to stretch your mind a little bit. A different kind of stretching. So there are different parts to, to uh, yoga. There's actually eight levels. Dharma means doing the right thing. Every person, there's two sets of dharma. Dharma one is what you're supposed to do in your life that uplifts you spiritually, gives you tests, gives you trials and tribulations, but it uplifts you spiritually. That's uh, individual dharma. Then the other dharma is the spiritual dharma that everybody has, it's the same for everybody, which is to know God. Okay? Now, that is different than karma yoga, where you're doing good actions, and every good action creates a good result. But you're also, let's say, burning up. We There's a, a, a term that we use where... An action, reaction. Okay? And he was, cannot, the Dagat cannot, measure for measure is the principle. And that's the karma part where you do certain actions and then you have to do things that undo those actions. Okay? Or you do good actions and the result is good things happen. Not always. In the sequence you think about. So that's the karma yoga. Okay, uh, just doing good things. Um, then there is the meditation part of it. It's part of the yoga path. And then there is what we call pratyahara, which is the withdrawal of the senses. So you can go into oneness. Um, it's also good. Uh, I, I had two... Uh, 
hernia operations, and I did them both without anesthetic by simply withdrawing the senses. You know, it was a little hard on the doctors because they, they, they weren't used to not using anesthetic. <laughs> but, we, you know, okay. So that's Pratyahara, and then Pranayama is breathing exercises to kind of elevate consciousness that way. Uh, so you have the different kinds of, of things that you're doing all geared to one thing, elevating consciousness. And that is the, uh, the key concept to everything we're talking about. I don't want to get too technical. I think that the point is you're eating in a way, living in a way, uh, praying in a way, meditating, and uh, shifting your own awareness so that everything, it's a, I call it natural living that brings you to liberation. And the goal of liberation, it's not gathering wealth or whatever you're doing, it's going beyond your identification with the body or the mind into merging with God. So that's the, the, the bigger yogic path. Okay? Um, so that's kind of what, what Richard just asked me to talk about uh, without getting too technical. So it's a whole way of life, a holistic way of life using Western language rather than the Eastern language. And it makes a difference because you're in tune with all of creation. So that's what we're talking about when we say make a difference. We are powerless. We have choices. We have a choice to elevate our condition no matter what's happening on the external world. That's the key concept. We do have that choice. We do have that power. And it is up to us. So that's, <clears throat> that's the overview. So in our last minute or so here, <coughs> when you translate that into immediate action, if somebody's feeling scared based on what they're no, seeing around them in the world, what do they do to, to, to use what you just said? <coughs> Remember the truth of who you are. Remember that the soul is immortal. <clears throat> when you remember the soul is immortal and it can't be touched, you get a different view of yourself rather than I'm, I'm a physical body. And I can't, the physical body can be hurt and can be wounded. But when you realize that you're really immortal, you have a you, totally shifts your uh, perspective of what's going on. Right. <clears throat> and that's kind of really the, the, the message. Um, there are, in the path as we have yama and yama, the do's and don'ts, you know, acting in certain ways where you're not creating social difficulty or confusion or violence and, and things like that. And uh, but the big picture is to align yourself with the divine in every aspect of your life and see the divine in everyone. See the divine in everyone around you. See the play of God in all creation, even though we don't understand it. There's a bigger picture going on. And that's partly where faith plays a role, because we see all these 
amazingly terrible things going on around the world. And it's like, how do you make sense of it? You don't have to make sense because it's, it, it, it may not be clear until five years later what just happened. But it's called having faith that whatever God does is for the best. And that's really the message I want to bless everybody with is whatever God does is for the best. And our job is to do the best for ourselves internally. How we frame it. The world is as you see it. The world is as you believe it to be. So how we frame it is everything. We just kind of what the things are saying. So we're not helpless. We have a choice of how we perceive the world, how we react to the world, and how we interact with the world. And the choices that we're sharing are do the you know do this in a way that uplifts your consciousness and the consciousness of everyone else. Blessings to everyone. And thank you for attending and Richard I'm turning it over to you. Thank you, Gabriel. Yeah, I think it's a really critical message right now because we're in an atmosphere of uh, a lot of pressure and stress. And like you said, there's a tendency, a temptation to respond with fear. But near the center of everything that you just explained is this inner centeredness, this relaxation without not the kind where you fall asleep and zone out, but where you pay attention to what's going on. But watch your own stress level. So a lot of your attention, instead of being focused on what everybody around you is doing, learning to focus more on what you're doing, being aware of your thoughts and emotions and making conscious decisions of where you want them to go. So I think that's a good way to start the actual practice of what you're advocating for people to do is become aware of your own thoughts and emotional state. Because if you're not aware of those, you can't direct them. And you start out by getting quiet. It's, it's like in meditation, but you can do it all the time and say, Where, where's my attention right now? Where are my thoughts? What do I feel? And start becoming tuned into that and then making a conscious decision of where to put it. So when things are happening in the world that have a out-of-harmony aspect to them and seem threatening, if you redirect the attention to inside yourself and say, where am I? Where am I putting my attention? What, what am I broadcasting to the world? Because the understanding is whatever, and this has been documented with electronic equipment, whatever emotional state we carry around, that's what we're broadcasting. And make sure that you're sending out the station that you want to share with everybody that you want to make as your contribution to the atmosphere. And it's very contagious. Most people are not conscious of, of things on this level. And if you become centered and, and aware to that degree, you have more inputs than many people who are scattered. And you can actually contribute to peace in the world. And uh, I want to invite, invite people to come to the World Peace Meditation once a week with Gabriel. And also uh, to join us in Planetary Healing Club once a week on Saturdays if you want to work on these same things with us, which we're doing there. And uh, we really appreciate you. And this is not, this scene is not what it seems. You know, it, it, like Gabriel said, we're not powerless slaves of the, of the system. And um, 
we have hidden power in, in us that they want us never to become aware of. So if you relax, start becoming aware of what emotional state you're carrying, this power starts to wake up and everything can change. And this is time for it to change, not a certain percentage or partially, but all the way. And it's in your hands. So do it with us if you want, and we'll invite you to carry that on with us and develop it as far as we can, and it's unlimited. So thanks for being here, and thanks to Dr. Cousins. DrCousins.com is the website, treeoflife.mn.co, and planetaryhealingclub.com for what we're doing. And there's also a substack that I'm posting to occasionally that Doug put on the radio on the uh, screen right now, lostartsradios.substack.com. Probably put something out there this week, so it doesn't cost any money if you want to sign up for that. And we want to share everything possible to uplift and support each other and turn this around to an outcome that we all like. So blessings to everybody. Love to everybody. Thanks for being here. And uh, stay in touch with us, and we'll see you next time. Take care. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.